behind the scenes at Score North and 1500 ESPN have sports opinions. So they want you to hear them. It's the perfect digital sports soapbox to scratch that Minnesota sports itch. This is the Score North Taxi Squad. God save the Queen and God save the New Orleans Saints from the Minnesota Vikings because pretty much since the 2009 NFC Championship game, the Vikings have gotten their revenge on the Saints uh, pretty much better than the protesters at the Boston Tea Party. Welcome into Taxi Squad, everybody, a Score North original podcast. I'm one of your cabbies on duty tonight. My name is Jason Stormer, but hey... If I'm not your cup of tea, and I'm usually not for most people, I got the two other cabbies on duty tonight behind the glass. We got Mr. Artis Woods and Mr. AJ Fredrickson. Good evening, gentlemen. How we doing tonight? Feeling feeling pretty good. Interesting intro. Feeling, <laughs> feeling pretty good At today. At least it was a little bit shorter than the ones I've usually done. I tried to like that is very trim true. that down a little bit because the last one I did was like over a minute long, and we got to get AJ to the grocery store tonight, so I'm trying to wrap this up pretty quick. So. I hear that. I hear that. that was- oh, that was amazing because... The entire time, similar to Sunday, just for the sake of like where the game was, there wasn't maybe two minutes that went by without Mark Sanchez like fish and chips, Big Ben, <laughs> Buckingham Palace, Oi, Govna, like <laughs> bruv, just just call a football game, right? Just call the game. Well, Mark. what kind of football game are you talking about? You talking uh, about football or football? Yeah, Rio Golbanito. Ah, uh, no. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Uh, the beautiful game. Oh, okay. But uh, no, it like Mark, just call the game. Man. First off, first he, off, the NFL Network in, in this, they <laughs> they need to work on the whole presentation. Yeah, everything was wow. rough about that broadcast. Wow, especially the most climactic part, the double doink. Yeah. That was such a terrible camera angle, and the scoreboard ticker at the bottom covered the covered the crossbar. Yeah, yeah, it did. I'm gonna have to rewatch this. I didn't even like notice I, I, any of this. I definitely peeped that. I definitely okay. saw that. It, yeah, it, it was pretty bad. When yeah, the kick was bad. on the way, was it from in front or behind of the goalpost? You know how they kind of do that behind, if I'm not mistaken, like the camera angle. Yeah, yeah so it was behind. The okay. camera had the goalpost between the kicker and the camera. Okay. Well, I thought the angle was. Behind. I it, could be tripping. It was from it, <laughs> some like sometimes on punts they'll do it behind, like to the punter's okay. back. So you see the right. back of the punter. Right, e- right. Either this, way, this time you you would have seen the kicker's face. Right. 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 Yeah. We talking yeah, about yeah, the same yeah. thing. Right. Yeah. right. Either way, it, it wasn't. You couldn't definitively see it too well when it did happen. Right. Yeah. It, it, was, it wasn't until after they had like physically said it and then went to a replay that I knew what happened. Right. And that's yeah. that's the issue. Well, we got to yeah. cut them some slack, man. I mean, those those TV crews they're doing soccer games in that stadium they're not they're not used to american football even though my goodness aj that stadium that the spurs got so dang cool i didn't know about the field feature where they have a football field underneath and they kind of do it like in arizona where the grass turf for soccer rolls out of the stadium but then they have a whole thing of nfl turf ready to go that stadium is state of the art Mm -hmm. i might even call it a World class, I would say. <laughs> All right, Mark Sanchez. No, it, it's a, wow. <laughs> right, right. Mark hey, I'm Sanchez. not butt fumbling this Sanchez. podcast, man. Come on now. Mark Sanchez caught that game like how he played football. That's how he caught that. Just awful. Hey. Just awful. At least we got. Hey, at <laughs> least awful. At least we got Minnesota's own Jamie oh. Erdahl on the sidelines for that. I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. Jamie's cool. Jamie's cool, man. That's fair. All right, yeah. so let's get into this game, guys. We already mentioned the double doink hurt across the world. We'll obviously like get into that because that's one of the most dramatic kicking moments that the Vikings have been a part of the last couple years, even though uh, it wasn't their kicker doing it this time, which is really nice, but a 28-25 win for the Vikings. A last-second 
47-yard field goal by Greg Joseph, I believe it was, to seal a Vikings victory. And guys, um, I, I got plenty to say about this game. I might have the most to take away from this game out of any of the four so far. Um, but I'm curious what your guys' initial thoughts so far were of this game. What did you think of Kirk? Were you happy that J.J. really got back into the mix this week? What do you got, guys? I knew J.J. would bounce back, man. Yeah. I saw that coming a mile away. What I didn't see coming is him getting a rushing touchdown. Now, that was different. That was different. Him catching or getting the ball on like a wide receiver sweep like Debo was pretty, pretty impressive. I also want to quickly point out before I really dive into the game that fake punt, man. Ooh-wee. I mean, stuff like that is what you like to see. You know, aggressiveness, taking chances, doing what is necessary to win the football game. And and showing that you're showing your team that you have confidence in them. You trust them to make smart plays. And you trust them to take to take chances to to go off and try to win the game, you know. So I like seeing that it wasn't passive; it was aggressive the whole time. Um, for the most part, I really liked how the defense played. I think the defense played decent up until the fourth quarter. Kind of broke down a little bit, but up until the fourth quarter, I like how they played. I feel hmm. like they played pretty well. Andy Dalton kind of had his way later on in the game, but for the most part, they was kind of getting to him. They was kind of roughing him up within the pocket. They made it good plays, deflections. I feel like they did it what needed to be done. I was a little down on the offense. I felt like this game could have been a runaway game for the offense um, or for the Vikings if they cashed in on some of the possessions that they had with touchdowns. They settled for field goals a lot, especially at the end of the half, man, when I got that strip sack and it was right there. I think it was right in the red zone and Mm -hmm. couldn't cash in on the touchdown. That was tough to see. But all in all, you know, I felt like it was was an interesting kind of ugly game. Overall, it was an ugly game that they could have won by landslide. The the one thing I'm starting to get annoyed with when it comes to the Vikings, and this was happening last year, is games where they're supposed to blow people out. It is always still a contest when it matters most. Come fourth quarter, Kirk has to come up with a game-winning drive or two in order to pull it out. And that's like you you should have blew the Saints out with Andy Dawn. I'm sorry. Without Kamara. Without, without Kamara. Michael Thomas. I mean, without Jarvis Landry. I mean, you should you should have blown them out the water. It, it should have happened, but it didn't. And I, I put most of it on the offense because, like I said, I think the defense played good enough. But at the end of the day, it is obvious that they're still learning the offense. They're still learning the offense. Kirk is still learning the offense, still trying to figure out exactly what's going on, where his hot reads are, where his check downs are, where to go with the football. He's, I feel like he's still learning that, still trying to get accustomed to that in the new system. I feel like the coaching staff is still trying to learn what works best for this roster. But at the end of the day, they are 3-1. and one. And every game isn't going to be pretty. Last year, we saw so many games where it came down to the wire, and they lost these type of games. This year, they're winning these type of games, and that's the difference between 1-3 and three and 3-1. Three and one. So all in all, I mean, they're still towards the top of the NFC. It's still very early, but they're still towards the top, the top of the NFC, and they won the game that they had to have. So I'm not too down on it. I know I said on social media, I'm going to be extremely positive. I can't for for the podcast. I got to break it all down. You were too busy retweeting that guy from that Glow Muhammad Ali or whatever guy. <laughs> Don't shout gonna... him out on our show. I don't no, even think no. I said his name no right. So there you promotions. go. No free promotions for him, man. Oh. We don't shout out Cowboy fans anywhere. Sensitive, ever. Sensitive ever. topic. Sorry. I'm By the way, they're going to drop the next two games and be three and three. But that's conversation oh for gosh. another day. The point is this. <laughs> <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings are three and one. I feel like they did it what needed to be done. I feel like they have a lot to work on as far as cleaning up that offense, having better red zone offense for sure. But at the end of the day, getting wins an ugly way or getting wins where maybe you shouldn't get wins while you're still trying to learn the offense to get everything together, to make it all come together, is still a positive in my book. So 
That's that's really all that matters. They got the win and they got out of the game healthy for the most part. Oh, last part, Lewis seen. Yeah, gruesome injury. Mm. I hated to see it. I wanted him to get more playing time than he did. I expected him to have a big year this year, but it brings me to a bigger point. Get rid of NFL turf. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Odell yeah. said it best. Yeah, no. the NFL makes more than enough money, and he is the perfect player to bring up too because we just had Sterling Shepard tear his ACL on the MetLife turf. And I believe that is one of the most criticized turfs in all of football. So Odell playing in New York, playing at the stadium, he can speak onto that more so than other players can. Exactly. He tore his ACL, obviously in the Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. you know, this past year. So get rid of it. I'm not going to lie. It looks pretty. I like how it looks. But like, it's obviously not the best thing to play on. The NFL makes too much money to not be playing on natural grass. Play on natural grass to prevent these type of injuries. Because if you guys saw the injury, his foot got caught up. In a way that I don't think would have happened if it would have been on grass. So that's just my little two cents. Mm-hmm. Uh, regarding the game, it's a win. I'm not going to be upset about a win, but I think the point that artists just brought up, um, they look like a team, and it is still early, and they're still learning the offense, so I'm going to cut them slack here. But this happens, and it seems to happen with a lot of teams in Minnesota. <laughs> they will like raise. It, it can be the best team. And they're going to hang with them, and they're going to go punch for punch, blow for blow, and then maybe they'll lose a close one. You're like, well, they, but they fought hard. But then the next week, they got the Saints, and the Saints are going to be just this beat up, missing stars, shell of a team. And then they need a double doink in the dying seconds to win. Why are you dropping your like your level of play to match the opposition? Hmm. Blow them out. I want you to stomp on the gas pedal, put your foot on their throat. In the first quarter, there was no reason that that team shouldn't have been up by 20 points minimum by the, by halftime. By halftime. The, it's Andy Dalton. It's Andy <laughs> Dalton. Rifle. It's not 2015. It's Andy <laughs> Dalton in the year 2022. They don't have Alvin Kamara. They don't have slant boy Michael Thomas. <laughs> Slip, boy. <laughs> Granted, the the defensive line for the Saints, they they looked yep. the part. Yep, they did. But that is one. It's not a small facet, but it's one facet of the game. This offense is way too good to allow Cameron Jordan and crew to throw the entire game plan off, get to the red zone, and have to settle for a field goal multiple times. Mm-hmm. Special teams should not be bailing you out of situations and keep winning you a game. Special teams should not be winning you the game. That is what you pay the offense to do. That's what you pay the defense to do. And the defense, the defense looks terrible. They look so bad recently. Andy Dalton had 24 seconds. And once again, 2022 Andy Dalton had 24 seconds to march up the field and get them into a position for Will Lutz to kick a field goal to send to overtime. And he did it. He he hit a wide open, more open than a book at the library, Chris Olave, to get into field goal range for, for Will Lutz. Wow. Ed Donatel, more tell your defense to do something. Because right now, I'm gonna grab Todd, Joe, and Mike from the quick trip down the road and tell them <laughs> they have to go quick line trips up. in London. Nice. This is for how good this offense is and yeah. how much talent. This defense is ruining everything that that offense is able to do, and the offense is still learning the new the, the new system. They're still so the, it's only going to get better. But 
and this is something I talked about pre, um, like preseason, the offense is going to be what wins you the game. The defense just has to do enough. Mm-hmm. They're not doing that so far. They're letting that Saints team put up 25 points, <laughs> and you're asking high school quarterback Ryan White to bail you out to extend an offensive drive because of how scared you are probably also in part to put that defense back on the field. <laughs> the, the, the defense is bad. The defense is bad. The offense is doing good. And the special team so far, honestly, this season has been very, very good. Mm. But that is the least of the three that I want to be the best looking at this, you know, four games into the season. I allow stinkers, at least one in pretty much any aspect of football for the players, the teams, etc. Um, I gave Kirk his stinker in Philadelphia. I think, I mean, sure, he hasn't been amazing the last few games, but in terms of being a complete liability, that is that is the one game where it's like, all right, Kirk, that has to be the one. For this Vikings defense, under the circumstances of having Andy Dalton start, no Jameis, to much of our ires, too. We were all really looking forward to seeing that Jameis, uh, Jameis interception in the game. Uh, no Kamara, no Landry, no Michael Thomas. To me, this is just... This is unacceptable. AJ, you hit it right on the money, man. Uh, you, I cannot say it better than you just did, too. Um, the circumstances prevailing should have allowed you to play better than this. Now, look, Andy Dalton is going to be one of the better backup quarterbacks in the entire league. He's got probably the most starting experience out of pretty much anybody you can find in the backup quarterback position. I'd, I'd really like to actually have Andy Dalton on the Vikings. Um, and it makes sense for a team like the Saints to have him, too, because, you know, you never really know with Jameis. He's been hurt a lot. So that's a good situation for him. But still. And, and I understand that the Saints had probably all week to get Dalton ready because the rib issue with Jameis had been flaring up all week. The Kamara stuff, I think, was a little more sudden for people. And I think Michael Thomas was trending uh, towards being out for most of the week anyway. But still, the circumstances prevailing, this Vikings defense just let way too much up. They just let way too much up. But still, I actually am pretty critical more so of the offense. What the offense did actually makes my stomach turn a little bit more than anything that the defense did. Because there were some decision making for the offense that made me really scratch my head more so with Kevin O'Connell. And it comes at the end of the first quarter when they had that third and one at the Saints 10. And Johnny Munt just let that that right through the wickets. And we've been been very high on Johnny Munt and Ben Ellison and the backup tight ends up to this point. Because we haven't seen much from Irv Smith. But that was just ugh, that was a that was just a key drop, just a really bad one. But then we had the sh- short fourth and one right after that, and we're only at the Saints ten. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty much screaming at my TV, "Go for it, go for it, go for it!" And they they didn't go for it. They settled for the field goal. Um, they also settled for another field goal um, later in that half too. And it was just kind of wondering, like, man. It just seemed like when there was opportunities for the Vikings to really step on the Saints' throats, and I mentioned this also kind of in the Packer game too, when the Vikings didn't capitalize on certain opportunities there as well, it felt like this was kind of the same thing. There were opportunities there. The Saints had that fumble. The Saints were doing anything on offense for that first half, and we just couldn't, like you said, AJ, couldn't put them away. We should have been up by a lot at the half. We really should have been up by a lot, but the Vikings have this weird tendency of playing up and down to their opponents. It's so strange. They make all these games so close when they don't need to be. But, but I mean, I am still encouraged that we pulled out a W because I feel like with old Viking regimes, especially with Mike Zimmer, the Vikings would have folded in that situation. I don't think they would have won Sunday's game if Mike Zimmer were still the coach because it seemed like when things started to spiral for the Vikings back then, 
it, it would unravel on them. In this case, with this game, we saw the spiraling happen, but it seemed like to an extent they were able to compose themselves, end up getting that game-winning drive, setting up JJ perfectly with that deep ball, and then getting that 47-yarder from Greg Joseph. That is the encouraging part for me. Old Vikings teams would have folded under that pressure, under that moment. Mike Zimmer's teams would have folded under that moment. Kevin O'Connell's? It didn't. So we can walk away with plenty of criticisms, and we do, with the defense. Offensive decision-making. The use of timeouts at the end of the game, too. That was tough, um, too. They had 47 seconds, and they let 20 more seconds run off, and they had all their timeouts, and that made that situation only more stressful because after um, they got they did the first down play, they had a second and short, but Kirk was scrambling to the line, putting his hands up to his headset, setting on alert, but they were having a tough time getting that off. They got the ball off eventually. No delay a game was called, but if they would have called a timeout or at least used one of those timeouts... That whole situation could have gone a lot easier and been a lot less stressful, but they still got the job done. I'm encouraged by it, but even more so than the Lions last week, I'm walking into this Bears game next week wondering, man, just what it really is, the true ceiling of this team. It's three and one, but man, it just doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like a pure and honest three and one. And I equate this to the Packers, too. I feel like the Vikings and the Packers are both three and one, but it. There's just something that's, there's a little bad taste in my mouth with both of these teams. I don't know. Guys. What? When's the last time the Vikings have been 3-1, first off? Okay. It's but been a while. That doesn't mean. It's been a while. It has I think, been a little bit of time. I think we need to bring some optimism to the podcast today. I think we need to bring <laughs> some optimism okay, to the microphone. you're right. You're right. Number one, I, I agree with AJ to an extent on the defense. The defense in the fourth quarter was abysmal. However, guys. This team put up seven points, the Saints that is, in the whole first half. If I'm not mistaken, the Saints didn't even have a first down into the second quarter. The defense in the first half of this game, and even in the third quarter, played well. They got you a turnover. The special teams also got you a turnover. But I know the special teams isn't the defense, but they also got you a turnover. This is more so on the offense than it is on the defense. And with everybody learning a brand new system on the offensive side of the ball, things like this happen that's the other thing i want to touch on too because did you guys see kevin o'connell's comments that kirk's only like four weeks into the system and he's still learning yeah to an extent i buy that because he's a new head coach Mm -hmm. but i'm sorry kirk is 34 years old and i'm not hearing much about tom brady having to do much about trying to learn todd bulls system down in tampa bay like i just come on you know what i mean but no no, you know what i mean but we know he's not that hold hold on hold on okay okay you did not just compare kirk cousins no but you don't hear tom or anybody else going like oh yeah tom's has to learn a new system so we need to take this slower than usual I don't like that attitude. Tom has more Super Bowls than 90% of teams in the NFL. I understand that, but if you want a championship attitude, I don't want to hear potential excuses like this. I don't know. I I don't think, see, it would would come off worse if they lost the game. Yes, I agree with that. They won the game. Yeah. And so it's like, hey, we won the game, and it's not just Kirk. He he brought up Kirk's name, yes, but it's not just Kirk. Everybody, I believe, is still learning their offense. Agreed. And so... With with a brand a complicated system at that that veterans on the on the roster have said it's taken us a while to kind of get this down. This is a little more complex than I envisioned or I thought. It is going to take time. The How most much? important thing is, it's four games. I think I think it at least takes you up to half or maybe a little less than half of the season to okay. get it all down. Okay. I, I think, but the most important thing is you win the football game. And yes. at the end, and at the end of the day, like I said before. 
If the issue is the offense, trust me, I think the Vikings are going to be perfectly fine. Sure. I don't believe this is the Vikings of old where it's – I know I kind of agree to to an extent you play up and down to your opponent. And, and I do think they did that to an extent in this game. But I also think that it's a new system and a new coach trying to figure out how to get this team to really go. What buttons should I push – push what chances should I take while also while also making sure I win this football game so I didn't like the fact that they settled for the amount of field goals that they settled mm-hmm. for but at the but at the same time y'all three and one mm-hmm. with a home game against the Bears I am very confident against this game against the Bears they are trash per usual oh god and I think that everybody just needs to take a deep breath and understand it's a brand new season this stuff is taking time. The Minnesota Vikings are first in the division. They will get better. Now, again, defense giving up 25. Mainly, I'm, I'm mainly focused on the 11th in the fourth quarter. Now, that, to your point, AJ, was awful. Okay, guys, come on. It's time to get a stop. Especially who stops. was in the game. That's, Andy Dalton. That, that's crunch time. Yeah. Like, that is the most important part of the game. And then you're going to let them just, all right, hey, guys, we're right back in it. Just a heads up. And yeah. now you're on your It's heels. almost yeah. like they took that was, him serious. No, that was tough. It's almost like they took him seriously until they just decided not to. Right. Like they just assumed, oh, Andy's been bad for an entire half. This will carry over. Yes. No. Yeah. And in part with that, you know, the, the offense probably should have scored more points in the second half. But that goes, like, that's both facets, facets of the ball. Hmm. Defense, they simply have to do more in the arguably the most important part of the game. And the offense, they have to as well. You can't get these great starting positions and then get to the red zone and then settle for three multiple times. I agree with that. One of those times, yeah, because if one of those times is a touchdown, they're, sure, Andy Dalton can hit Chris Olave and then whatever. Andy Dalton's not hucking it up from 60 yards out for a Hail Mary in the <laughs> final seconds. No, they're, you know, they're going to run a screen pass and hope that some miracle happens or whatever. Um, and and that, that would be the difference. But it, I, I, I see both sides of the blame. Mm-hmm. I think the only non-blame, maybe perfect day, was the special teams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Special teams played very yeah. well. They 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 played very well. They, like you mm-hmm. said, they've been pretty solid the whole forced, season so far. Fake punt, forced fumble. Greg, Greg Joseph also, um, something that Jason mentioned about the transition from Mike Zimmer to Kevin O'Connell era who knows if Greg Joseph is even on the team at this point and if, if Mike Zimmer's still the coach after was it was it last week he missed a couple yeah I yeah. believe it was yeah. last week yeah. And, he, yeah. and he did have the extra point miss in this yeah. game which actually turned out to be big because that would have put the Vikings up what 26 25 yeah or 22 so mm-hmm. but he overcame I'm sure he probably went to the sideline and and I'm not saying that Kevin O'Connell personally went over to him, held his hand, was like, hey. It's going to be okay. It's going to be, yeah, exactly. He didn't, like, <laughs> coddle him. But, he, you know, he probably got, but when he went out there for the final one, he probably gave him a slap on the back of the helmet and was like, all right, man, go nail it. Right. Not yeah. not a cold shoulder, not just. Right, right. Not, you better make this. I'm never going to talk to you in the hallway. You're, you're, right. you're a kicker. You're, you're, you're a kicker. Do your dang job. Yeah, exactly. But I won't do mine. Uh, <laughs> no, right. had, there was probably a little more of a a stable relationship, a more encouraging relationship, a better environment, probably. Mm-hmm. And that that says enough for me about Kevin O'Connell. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I've se- I haven't seen really many people. I've seen a couple that I think were actually serious, where it's like, oh, his play calling is he, he got he's a rookie and he's not cut out for this and. Bl- 
he looks fine. The mm-hmm. biggest thing is I think the culture and it looks like he's got the culture part down. Mm-hmm. We know we know he's got the repertoire and the 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 resume for the play calling and offensive stuff. Obviously, he's the head coach, so it kind of falls on him for the defense being as lacking as it is. But that I, it's got to come around at some point. Now that being said, I'm concerned about safeties with Lewis Seen now gone for the season and Harrison Smith, who knows what he's going to be doing battling injury here oh, coming he, he up. He took but. a lower body shot in that game. But rumor has it that he, he he's doing okay. Fine, he just yeah. got hit in a sensitive area yeah, for, all, for all gentlemen. That I understand, Ouch. yes. Yes. Uh, one one last quick thought on mm-hmm. this game. Uh, not really Vikings related, but Saints related. I said this before the season started. Chris Olave mm. is going to be a problem. Mm. I think Chris Olave is going to be like, the best receiver that came out of this draft this last year. I know that Garrett Wilson is the flashy one, and mm-hmm. um, the guy over in Pittsburgh, uh, um, Pickens, George Pickens, Pickens. Yeah, yeah, George Pickens is, you know, he's making all the flashy catches, and, you know, you got some other receivers that came yeah. out of this draft, but, and I'm interested in seeing what, and I hate to bring up a division rival, but I'm interested in seeing what Jamison Williams has sure. for um, the Lions. Yeah, when's but he coming back? What's the status? I'm not sure at yeah. the moment. This is going to be interesting because the Lions offense is hitting. <laughs> they, didn't even the have, they didn't have DeAndre or Amon Ra this last week, and they put 45 on uh, who they play again? I don't know. They lost. I know yeah, that, they lost. That's typical. But that's it. They've played all of their games indoors so far. So I'm curious now going outside if this offense have. is going to... Yeah. Continue to yeah. I'm I'm excited to see. I it's nice through four weeks to like even though they don't have like maybe the best record and they're still like kind of they're still the Lions. (laughs) The Lions have the most points scored in the NFL. Yeah, and it's it's not like a a super wide gap, but compared to some teams, it's a wide gap. Yeah, they just need to button it down on the defensive side. They they're literally the best offensive team in the league. And the worst defensive team. Literally, they're ranked one on offense and 32 on defense. Good I was just them. looking at this the yeah. other day. Good for them. Good so, for them. Yeah. Um, Chris Olave, man, keep your eyes out for him. If you if you guys are playing fantasy football, pick him up. If, if he's not picked up, he's on he's my team. Be, he's got to be on teams by now, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for I sure. would think so, yeah. I know a lot of people passed on rookies. You know, a lot of people do pass on rookies, but I picked them up on which a couple is, of my which teams. Which is fair. They, they can be though. volatile, but the last couple of years, rookie wide receivers, like these teams. I think maybe Justin Jefferson got people to open up their eyes because when the Vikings didn't play him those first two games yeah. and then they played him a lot, got him a lot of targets, and then he obviously took off, I think teams kind of realized, huh, maybe we don't need to break in these wide receivers as much as we th- think. Because yeah. look what Jamar Chase did the next season. Yeah, he got going right away. He got going immediately. Against the Vikings. Against the Vikings, yes. That was fun. Um, yeah, I guess, again, my... I guess my wrapping final thoughts on this, and and I will bring back up the Kevin O'Connell comments talking about, hey, we're only four weeks into this, and I and I get all that. I hear you, artists, and everything. It's just, what did we label this season for Kirk before it started? The no excuses season. You know what I mean? So even though this is probably in the grand scheme of things a relatively harmless thing to say, and in fact, it's probably an accurate thing to say. I don't want to. I don't want to see that quote again. You know what I mean? I don't want to see that another four weeks from now saying, oh, he's still getting in the hang of things, still getting in the hang of things. I don't like treating a 34-year-old quarterback like a 24-year-old quarterback. And I feel like people do that with Kirk all the time. It's They ponder the question, what if, right? That has been Kirk's career. What if, what if? Can he do this? Can he do that? Well, he has the system around him. He has the players around him, the coach as well. 
And we all said it before the season started. This is the no-excuse season for Kirk. People were picking him to be an MVP of this season. People on NFL Network. And, frankly, he hasn't obviously played that way. Now he hasn't played to a detriment. I'm not here to, like, totally rag on Kirk. I'll, I'll give him hell for the Philadelphia game, and I think that's fair for anybody. But he's been fairly just standard Kirk these last few games. Like, 273, one touchdown, one interception, three sacks, 84 rating. That's pretty standard Kirk. But again, I was hyped up before the season started that this was going to be a different Kirk. And so far, it has pretty much been the same Kirk. And I'm starting to hear the same excuses that I've heard for Kirk before. Now again, Kevin, four weeks in, this is fine. I'll let it go this week. I will will stop ranting after I'm done here about it. You won't hear anything more of me about this, I promise you. But if I hear this two or three or four weeks from now that he's still learning the system, no. It means he's not getting the system, okay? And um, if that continues on, then you know what? I probably will be in the camp, and I'm probably in this camp right now. I'm going to be in the camp that's probably going to want to draft a quarterback in the upcoming draft. I think you should draft a quarterback either way. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> I'm just saying. Even if you were an MVP, just do I'm it. Just, I, I think you should have a guy that you should you know, ha- have to bring up within Fair that offense. Enough. I think you should draft Fair one enough. either way. That's just me. But I think, let's, I think your energy towards Kirk is valid. Thank you. However... <laughs> Let's also embrace the fact that they're about to be four and one. And don't I don't think you any say of that. Us, hey, we learned our lesson with the Gophers in Purdue this oh past weekend. God. Don't say you. that around yeah, here, okay? And we'll get to that in a minute. So nothing's guaranteed in this league, and nothing's guaranteed in this state. Let me Very tell true. you. Very true. But the Bears do suck. We should kick their asses. We should. <laughs> they won't let Justin Fields throw the ball. Oh my God. I need them to because uh, Darnell Mooney's really screwed. I thought you said you were. I thought you said you dropped them. Like, no, I'm. I'm I'm clinging to that hope. That's the guy that I'm not going to be able to drop the entire season. Mm, yeah. so Every, there's always that one or two guys. It's, like, because I, it's going to be like, I know the second I do. Because, like, well, the thing is, he had like 13 points this week because they actually threw, threw him, him the ball. ball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I feel you in my uh, in one of my leagues. I have Christian McCaffrey, but I have I will stash Deontay Foreman throughout the entire season. Just in the case, and my goodness, the Christian McCaffrey roller coaster for fantasy every week is so much fun. This past week was insane. DMPs here, non DMPs there. It's just, it's so much fun to have Christian McCaffrey on your fantasy team. He put up twenty one points with a bad thigh, but Man. but I am stashing Deontay Foreman for my entire season just in case he goes down. I promise you guys, I am never ever drafting drafting Christian McCaffrey for fantasy. Never because he's just, you just you can't. I just feel like, especially because he he's such a great player that he's gonna be like a first pick in a draft. Like if he was a second round guy, I would be like, okay, I'll take him. Let's take that chance. But like for the first pick, like JJ's on the board, Cooper Cup's on the board. You know, <sighs> Derrick Henry, even though he's had kind of a down year this year, Derrick uh, Henry's on the like. There, uh, there's other players on the board where I'm like, you want to talk about down years? Jonathan Taylor. Oh my gosh, I uh, he put up 25 leagues. points in his first game, and then it's been like six, ten, and like nine ever. No, he put up like only two this past week, and now he's got an injury issue too. Yeah, high, high ankle sprain, maybe. Yeah, he's he's been awful. Have fun, Niam Hines. Woohoo! But how we feel? I think we already said how we was feeling about this Bears game. But should we? Yeah, actually dive let's, into yeah. It? I said let's dive into it a little bit. I think let's dive okay. into. Um, they're gonna get smoked. In my <laughs> thing. Uh, I think we're playing playing in Minnesota. I just I don't think the Bears have what it takes, and I have to be honest. Full disclosure: I this Vikings fans are not going to like hearing this, but I, I like 
like Justin Fields. I like him. You know, I like them. In, the, the face AJ is making at me when I said, I like Justin hey, Fields. No, there he's were like, a lot no, of no, I, 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 I was intrigued because you set that up well. I was like, I'm, I can't, I'm looking forward to hearing this. Yes, yes. I, I, liked, I yeah. like Justin Fields. I think if Justin Fields was in a better offense, <laughs> if he was playing for a team that was better ran with more weapons on both sides of the ball, I think he would look a lot better. But I say that to say he's going to get smoked in this game. Like I don't, I don't think they have a shot. I'm, I'm just going to be honest. I know we're not supposed to be overlooking opponents, and I'm not saying the Vikings should overlook anybody. I just went on a rant about them overlooking the Eagles, I felt like, in the second game of the season. So I won't say that. But the Bears are terrible. <laughs> they're just they're not good. They they can't block. They can't catch. They can barely run the football. Their defense isn't great. They don't put up points. Now, this is a game where if the Vikings <laughs> play down to their opponents again, I will be on the microphone like AJ. <laughs> what is going on? I think this the Bears should get smoked in this game. Like I don't even I don't even think I even have to dive that deep into it. They have a couple of playmakers here there, but no, you guys should literally light them up and advance to four and one easily. Like they should win this game by fourteen points easily, easily. What would be a better way to snap out of an offensive rut for the Bears than to just? <laughs> than to put up 28 on the Vikings. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and you wonder why we think the way we do, Artis. Because crap like though. this happens to us. I understand, though. Look, I I made I made, it was a very kind of backhanded, offhand thing about the Gophers last week. <laughs> I, I got a feeling for it, man. Oh, man. It's going to be a shootout. <laughs> I'm uh, believing. No, I, like, it, as much as I want to be in the train that, you know, they're going to because they're at home, right? they're coming back. It's the whole thing like, well, they were just over in London, and then you got the travel, and then it takes a couple days for the body to get re, like, re, re-centered back into the, the new, uh, you know, the U.S. time zone, and then you're back on, and then you're, the food adjusts, and then your body, then it's like, we got to play a, an, another football game. Yeah. We got to kick off against the Bears, and all, yeah, well, it's the Bears. It's the Bears. And then the second quarter round, it's okay. It's the Bears. <laughs> and then at halftime, it's uh, like it's this is the Bears, right? Gosh. And then the fourth quarter, it's like it's the it's the Bears. <laughs> sausage, Polish sausage, dick of the Bears. It's yeah. uh, it's it should be a shoot. It it, it should be a shootout for the Vikings and nothing of the sort for the Bears. But it's not going to be. It's <laughs> it's going to be tougher because I I think this team for whatever reason just continues. To elevate and decimate their or lower their playing level to their opponent, they might go up early, and then the Bears may sneak back into it because you know they're like this is going to be the Darnell Mooney game. It's going to, mm. it, you know, <laughs> um, he is due for a bit. He's, well, no. due. He's due for a game. No, I mean if if I'm calling it like everybody else is calling it, I'm going to say the Vikings are going to win this one, twenty-eight to fourteen or mm-hmm. ten or. 16 or, you know, it's something like that. And they'll maybe get a touchdown, a couple field goals. But for some reason, like my feeling is it's going to be another game like what we just saw on Sunday where it's going to kind of come down to the wire and the Vikings might struggle a little bit for whatever reason and blah, blah, blah. Um, I think Justin Jefferson still cooks, Mm -hmm. but there's going to be instances where Kirk just might like, for instance, on the Johnny Munt third and one right before the halftime. The pass was good and it hit him. It was great. Adam Thielen was about seven yards upfield, wide open, and that was a touchdown. It's true. Mm-hmm. 
there's going to be something like that where they're going to opt to run the CJ Ham wheel route or they're oh. going to look to KJ Osborne on a crossing, which I like it. I like KJ Osborne, but there's going to be a thing that's like, okay, it hit him in the chest and it popped up and it was intercepted. But Justin Jefferson was wide open on the other side of the field. Um, I like si- simple, simple thought me says Vikings 28 bears 13. Mm-hmm. Minnesota sports knowing me says Vikings 24 bears 20. Mm. Okay. I, before you quickly sure. go, Jason, I just want to quickly point this out. Cause I wanted to look this up while you were speaking. So the bears are surprisingly ranked in the top five when it comes to pass defense. They're number four hmm. so far this season. Mm-hmm. However, rush defense, hmm. they are dead last really? behind the lions Is type it? dead last. I'm glad you say that because I really need I I need Dalvin Cook to show just not just me, but everybody that he's still yeah. Dalvin Cook. He doesn't he doesn't look like Dalvin Cook right now. Yeah. And he uh, touched yeah. the ball surprisingly twenty times. Remember 20 we were times. talking about his injury? He touched the ball yeah. twenty times. I was shocked. But we did mention too, we didn't know like if he's hobbled how much of a difference he'd make in the game. And frankly, I don't know if Dalvin made enough of a difference in the Saints game to warrant his playing. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Like he he just he didn't detriment the team by any means, but he also didn't elevate it as well. We'll we'll take the twenty carries for seventy six yards. But I'll I'll take that. But he he needs to get going a little bit in this game too if he's all healthy um here's the thing with justin fields guys i i'm just convinced matt Nagy ruined that man Mm. it's amazing what just one season can do to a football player and the timing of all this i think was just i i feel bad for justin fields to be honest with you because he he just like he went into a bad situation Nagy was probably going to get fired anyway it was an anemic offense already that's just that's just doom and gloom for a developmental quarterback. Kellen Mond kind of went through the same thing-ish, kind of, even if the circumstances were different. It just, the situation for him wasn't good. So, Justin, last year, he had a 58% completion percentage. That's down to 50 right now. Uh, he's already thrown four interceptions. He threw 10 last year. He's been sacked 16 times. He was sacked 36 times total all of last year. His rating is down 20 points. His QBR is down like five points. Mm, mm, he is mm. not getting better. Yeah. And the Bears kind of, I, again, I feel bad for him. The Bears kind of set him up to fail this year, too. They stripped down their franchise in the offseason. Ryan Pace did in Chicago what he wanted to do here in Minnesota if he would have gotten the job. And now the cupboard is pretty bare. David Montgomery's hurt. He's still going to be out for a little bit, even though Cleo Herbert is a pretty dang good backup quarterback or a backup running back in this league. Which, by the way, we, we talk about the backup running backs in the MC North a ton. We got Alexander Masson, A.J. Dillon. Uh, I forget about Jamal Williams in Detroit and Khalil Herbert. The MC North might have the best backup running back core out of any other division. I'd have to agree. Yeah. Oh, and you definitely love Alexander Madison. Oh, yeah. That is your guy. That, that is, is my your guy. guy. That is and my he had guy. a touchdown on Sunday. He looked good. He, he looked did. good. Um uh, that that is an interesting stat about the uh, the Bears' pass defense, though. I did not know that. I was definitely not expecting that. But if that run defense really is as bad as you guys claim, then this needs to be the game where we really just run the ball down the gut because that really hasn't presented itself too much for this Vikings offense yet. This could be the get right game for that. But again, and I've said a bunch of times, these divisional games, man, they always keep it close, especially here in the North. Like. I don't expect the Bears to entirely roll over, but I really don't know how much of a punch they'll show either. And, you know, the Bears have had things competitive in their losses. They only lost by eight points to the Giants, and the Giants seem to be a vastly improved team. The Giants might 
I mean, Cooper Rush is doing pretty good for the Cowboys, but the Giants might be a bigger threat to your Eagles than maybe most people anticipated in terms of record-wise, artists, in terms of record-wise. <laughs> maybe not in the long-term season outlook on that. I'm just basing off of what we know after week four. Uh, Brian Dable's got that team playing. And Saquon looks like Saquon of old. Saquon I'm looks very, great. I'm very happy that um, he's he's playing uh, good again. Um, so anyway, back to this game. Um I won't play the contrarian like I did last week, even though that I almost that Saints pick almost worked out for me. Almost, almost worked almost. out for me. But uh, praise be to Artis, he is now four and zero. Praise be to the Overlord. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. Okay. Yes, yes. What what was your score again, AJ? I don't want to. I don't want to take yours. Do you remember? Um, was the, it one, a, the one where the Vikings win handily, or the one where it's a close game? Oh. <laughs> Whichever, <laughs> Whichever one you, one you think is going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I said 24-20. 24-20, okay. Um, I think the Vikings will get into the 30s in this game. So I'm going to say 31. Uh, um, will the Bears get in the 20s? Sure, why not? I'm going to say 31-21. The Vikings get the W at home on a Sunday. The Bears' overall offense ranked 31st in the NFL. Uh, 21 points might be generous. Let's talk about their rushing game, though. Their rushing game? I'm going to check it right now. The rushing game is third in yards per game. Correct. 177 yards a game. Yeah. Only behind the Browns and the Giants. Yeah. Do you think the D line for the Vikings is going to be able to like win the war in the trenches? That's a genuine question. That is. That, that is that's a like, good question. Yeah. That's a good question. You know, because what th- what throws that off is the fact that Justin Fields can also run, mm-hmm. and so that you know any type of trickery, any type of read option kind of thing can kind of throw you off a bit. We saw the trouble they had with Jalen Hurts. Exactly. Not that those are the. Same level of quarterback, but right, in terms right, right. of mobility, they they can both run. Oh yeah, they their their running ability is probably about the same. I like mm-hmm. to think Herks is a little more like herky jerky yeah. kind of cross you over kind of thing. But no, Jalen, uh, I'm gonna say Jalen hurts again. Uh, Justin Fields can move; he can move, so that could throw things off. But I just and and again, I know this is this is not what the Vikings do. But I just think for this one time, I think they come out playing how they're supposed to play on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. I think they get a big lead early that's going to force the Bears to throw the ball early. And I don't even know if I have to look up their passing attack right now. I mean, I know there are. As someone who started Justin Fields for the first three weeks of fantasy football, I can tell you it's so bad. They're not dead last. In passing? No. Do you want to know who's dead last? Who? The Carolina Panthers. Oh, boy. Baker is not looking too good down there, fellas. At least according to ESPN. That yeah, I am on ESPN yeah. too. That's weird. Okay. Either way. Yeah. So I'm looking at right now, I'm thinking the Chicago Bear the Chicago Bears will and then I'm prefacing this off of solely saying that I believe the Vikings are gonna get an early lead. Thirty four ten Vikings. Ooh. Blow out. Seriously. Blow out. You're getting Taco Bell for that blow. I think they're gonna play. Hey, AF4 no so far. Yeah. No, I who have, can, who can contradict you? I have not been right about the scores whatsoever. Oh, I have we predicted the Vikings that. to blow out a couple teams and it just didn't happen like that. But this week, blowout. Blow. I predict a complete blowout mm-hmm. of the Chicago Bears this week. Yeah. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. AJ and I are keeping things a little bit closer, but we're, we're seasons Vikings fans, and we just kind of know how this works. Uh, guys, any other final thoughts on the Vikings, either against the Saints game, for the Bears game, before we move on to uh, 
Probably a little gopher football. Oh my God. Was any other final thoughts gophers. really quick? Or do you want to just get into the gophers let's, and just get it over with? Let's dive in. <laughs> oh, my God. These right. gophers, man. Everything that went right for them the first few games of the season went wrong for them in this game. That's really that's that is the story of the game for me. Tanner Morgan, who I praised last week. Yep. Hey, I was so wrong. Tanner has been playing amazing so far. He's been he great. Was. Three interceptions on the day. Now the first one was kind of a weird one because it was kind of tipped in the back of the end zone. Whatever. Yeah, that was bad. But after that, man, I mean, just giving the ball to the to the defense didn't make any sense. It's not like the Boilermakers went out there and put up forty points. They only scored twenty. Only scored twenty. This is the second time in in I think back to back years now the Gophers have dropped games on homecoming night, yeah. or not night, but homecoming yeah. day, homecoming yeah. weekend. This is it's like Mo Abraham didn't play. And yeah, what it's was up like, with that? I think he's still dealing with. I know he tweaked his ankle in the Michigan State game. Yeah, and I think he just. I, I don't. I'm not sure. I'm. I, I think he did the, something during warmups because that's when things like that typically flare up. And okay. I think I think that's what happened. But yeah, I mean, it was all Trey Potts, and people were wondering. Even the broadcasters were. That's why there was a layer of confusion because the broadcasters had no idea what yeah. was going on. Trey, look, Trey Potts, and I like Trey Potts. Yeah, nine carries, thirteen yards. Yeah. Bryce Williams, Williams, 11 carries, 35 yards. I mean, they couldn't get the running game going, which forced Tanner Morgan to throw the ball 33 times. That's never... That's Never too much for him. Size. Even, <laughs> even if he can never. get the yards like he put up 257, like Tanner can go out and get those yards. But you're right. When you can't establish the run game and you got to make him win you a ball game, things get a little iffy. Exactly. And then on the flip side of things, I mean, they let, I think his name was Maccabee. Yeah. Devin Maccabee. Woo. 112 yards, a Woo. touchdown, average 10 yards per carry. I mean, and I, I really think they really won this game mainly off of their run game because – the quarterback for the for Purdue can't think of his name at the moment. Uh, O'Connell, picks. yeah, 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 yeah. O'Connell, right. yeah, Aiden um, O'Connell, yeah, Aiden O'Connell threw two interceptions, only threw for what look like two hundred yards. I got it up now, one ninety nine, so, right on the money. Yeah, so it's just, I mean, this was just the Gophers handed Purdue this football game, <laughs> and what disappoints me more than anything is. You just became ranked. That's how it always is, though. You just the became moment ranked. The hype reaches its apex with this team is when it crashes and burns. Oh it's my god! So weird. It's, it's I, so weird. It's, it's incredible to me because again, like there were talks, and I don't think it would have actually happened because it just never happens for teams like Minnesota. But there were talks of college football playoffs and the Gophers within yeah. same sentences. Like that was happening, leading. Up into this game. And I don't know what happened with Mo Ibrahim. Maybe that threw off everything for the team. Maybe mm-hmm. they just was like, yo, that I don't know. But like they came out flat. They got out coached. Sorry, PJ Fleck. Yeah. They got yeah. out coached. They got outplayed. First, pretty much first and second half of this game. And I was just I was shocked, man. They got up to an early 10-point lead. And I'm like, yo, here we go. What what what's going on? Yeah. What what is happening? And the fact that you know, they tied the game up by the end of the third quarter. It was tied, and they let Purdue put up 10 more points unanswered in the fourth. Money time. We just talked about this. I don't I, – I, I was – I'm still kind of speech, speechless. Yeah. Like, how, how does that happen? Purdue, leading up to this game, was 2-2. Two and two. They had just – I'm trying to find it now because they lost to – oh, no, they beat – Freaking Florida Atlantic, it barely, looks like. barely, barely, barely like by four two points. points. Yeah, right. who is Florida Atlantic? I don't know. Lane Kiffin still coaching there. Oh my, oh my gosh, <laughs> they lost to Syracuse. Syracuse ranked twenty two now. Okay, whatever, that's fine. But I mean, this, this, Purdue is not good. No, 
Purdue's not good. And I think this really shines a light on I, – I hate to be this guy, but, again, this really shines a light on Tanner Morgan and what he is without that running game. Yep. Like, if you can if you can shut down the Gophers running game, you're going to win the game because you're putting the ball in Tanner's hands. And Tanner, like you said, he's going to get the yards, but along with those yards, he's going to give you the ball a couple times as well. So he's like like almost like Jameis Winston. You're going to get them yards, yeah, but you're going to have them, those interceptions right behind it. So talk about disappointment, man. <laughs> I, I'm very, very disappointed. And now, I don't mean, I mean, do we even watch any more Gopher football? Oh. Like, that's how, I, that's how <laughs> I feel today. I know Saturday is going to come, and I'm going to turn on the TV. Look. Okay, you know, but how I feel today, All Tuesday right. night, I feel like – I don't want to watch anymore go for football at the moment. <laughs> All right. They might lose to Illinois at this point. They might. Illinois has got a good team. Brett Bielema has got them playing good. Um, all right, but let's take the ranking out of it. If the Gophers still find a way to make the Big Ten championship game, still make the Rose Bowl, that, that's all we need around here, artists. Although I love the fact that you have expectations around here. You are a transplant, and you should have those expectations, and so should we. And normally I'm with you in this case. I don't like making excuses for people. I went on and on about Kirk and Kevin O'Connell earlier in this show. Um, when you add the historical layer of context to all this, when you haven't been as a program in those positions since the 60s, you take what you can get. And now, sure, this is a bad loss. This is hopefully not a season-defining loss, but dang it, it's looking like it could be. The Big Ten West is still up for grabs. Iowa lost to Michigan. Northwestern lost to Penn State, which, by the way, Penn State only beat Northwestern by 10 points, 17 to 7. Surprising. And that's a road game coming up for the Gophers. So maybe Penn State could be more ahead than we think. Wisconsin got absolutely destroyed by Illinois at home. But again, mentioning Illinois, they're 4 and 1. They might, they're a pretty good team, too. Yeah. Although this is pretty much the most demoralizing loss since Bowling Green. Last year, for sure, for those Gophers. And I, they're not on the same level. We can't compare the two. Um, I still have a level of optimism for this club, but I understand your position, artists, where it's just like, ah, oh, man, like kind of like, ah, oh, geez, like why even, why even keep watching and that kind of thing? Yeah. Especially when this team has a tendency to disappoint its fans and stuff like that. But here, here's the thing, man, for me, and again, I'm not as invested in the Gopher football as maybe some other fans are. I didn't even go there or anything like that, so, like, whatever. If they, again, my goal for them, if just get to the Big Ten Championship game, get to the Rose Bowl. The rankings will figure itself out along the way, um, higher, lower, or maybe not at all. So it's really disappointing, yes. It's, it's such a gut punch to lose your ranking right after you got it. But again, I'm 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 looking at the grand picture of the Gopher team. That all right, if they can still make do in the Big Ten West, oh okay, I I can still invest. I can still do that. Even though you're right, artist, it's hard to after a weekend like that. It is hard to, and you know it does help that the Gophers are the only like D1 football product in town. No offense to St. Thomas, they're FCS. But really, it's the only thing we have to sink our teeth in around here. I really wish like Minnesota State or Duluth were D1 football so we'd have a variety around here. Right. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm, I'm just as critical with this Gopher team. I agree with everything you say, but I'm still just trying to like live pie in the sky because the opportunity is here more so than it's ever been. But yeah, you're totally right. Like you walk away from that game and you're just like, what are we doing? What'd you do? How'd you do that to Michigan State? But you couldn't do that to Purdue. Of you all know, teams. You know what I mean? Of all teams. Right. And for and, and I know I mean it's homecoming weekend, man. Yeah. And you guys blew a game 
to Bowling Green, mm-hmm. last year on homecoming. Like, I don't know. Like, you don't go into the locker room like, yo, this. Now, we had the same type of momentum last year, and then we blew mm-hmm. a game during homecoming weekend. Let's not do that again this weekend, fellas. Let's ball out. Yeah, too late. You know, I, Purdue mm-hmm. isn't a good enough team to stop you from doing anything. <laughs> like, they're well, just not. Clearly like, they were. You stop yourselves. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, I, I. Too many turnovers. And you know what? I think, I mean, I think it got undersold because they came out and showed up at Michigan State. But the loss of Chris Ottman Bell, yeah. I really don't think can be undersold because he's a fifth year senior. He's been one of the guys that's been with Tanner Morgan this entire time, the 20 years he's been in college. And so to lose him, <laughs> to 20 years. I know, right? Even though, <laughs> even though, hey, man, I like that uh, that Daniel Jackson kid, six receptions on 110 yards. He like he well. looks pretty good. He um, well. Daylon Wright, I believe, is also in the mix, even though I don't see him on the box score here. Um, and so, but I still don't think you can undersell just the loss of Chris Upman Bell. I think he was probably going to get drafted too. Hopefully, he still does. But might be a late, yeah. A late but the the now. running the running game was so good against Michigan State that I think it tuned down that storyline. But now that we have questions about Tanner Morgan, I'm only gonna be thinking more about what Chris Ottman Bell's loss the rest of the season is gonna mean. So, yeah, it's yeah. too bad. It's too bad. What's their next game again? They got uh, I think they got Illinois. Illinois. I think they, if I'm not mistaken, yep, that, that's at Illinois. Sure. Yeah, they have Illinois. At Illinois. That's gonna be a fun game. Oh Looks wait, like no, they got all... they got their bye week this week. Yeah, that's bye right. week they, they this got week, a bye week, and then they got Illinois. Is Illinois? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that they, be... they need a bye week after what just happened. Yes, yes, they do. A nice and little maybe, reset. Maybe that was the thought process behind Mo Ibrahim. Maybe it was like maybe you should just sit out this week. Well, if you got to go bi- to the bye week, sit out. Just basically, we'll give you two weeks off. And then you come back for this game against maybe Illinois. I'm I'm, maybe. I'm guessing something happened pregame though because again the broadcasters yeah. didn't know what was going on and usually like those people are told damn near first because obviously they want to keep the viewing audience up to date and stuff like that they had no idea what was going on I think they maybe even mentioned it was an ankle issue and but that wasn't until the second quarter right. so it's just one of those things it pops up it pops up yeah like so. I said I know he tweet, tweeted in that Michigan yeah. State game so right. I thought he was fine but obviously and he he finished the game yeah. So yes, he did. I don't. I don't know. Maybe it flared up pregame. Maybe it flared up before then. Who knows? But I mean, the, that is no excuse to drop this. No, game. it's not. No, it's I, no I, excuse I, to drop. This whether game. he plays or not, it, it's no excuse whatsoever. Uh, speaking of no excuses, like to move on to our favorite soccer club, Minnesota United FC. Uh, mentioned in our last broadcast that their game this past week against the San Jose Earthquakes was a must-win. San Jose had the second. Least amount of points in all of MLS. Minnesota is kind of on the fringe for the playoffs right now, so it's setting up for uh, really uh, just a necessary game for the Loons to win. Uh, they go over to San Jose and they drop two nil. Our boy AJ Fredrickson was on color for that game. I didn't catch the game. I wasn't able to watch any highlights or anything, so I'm coming in kind of dark on this one. But AJ artists, they had to win that game. They didn't win that game. Yeah, no, it was really bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, you're fine. That was a bad I, setup. I, I didn't know if you were going to keep going or not. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, uh, no. we, we had no idea what was Tried coming to do in. It was like, Sorry. Uh, uh, I don't know what I'm doing around here. AJ, no. it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you, it was the opposite of good. Um, but no, they, uh, they, they started, and honestly, it looked like a team that came out, and compared to the week prior, I should say not the week prior, but the game prior, because they just got back from the international break, um, it looked like a team that was pressing more offensively, leaving a little more to be desired on defense because of that. But then going into the half, I mean, there was 
maybe that kind of lackluster, sloppy play in the middle, middle third. Um, a lot of chances where the back line with Brent Calm and Michael Boxel is just people not stepping up. DJ Taylor, who uh, he had an all right game. Um, they just didn't seem to be stepping in and like taking away the passing lanes for San Jose, especially in the penalty area, mm. which is that's the most dangerous area that you can let somebody have the ball in. Um, they come out in the second half, 0 0, still the score. Shea Salinas, who is he's been he's a he's a veterans veteran. <laughs> um, he's been with uh, San Jose forever. I think now he. I think he'll wrap up his career. He's retiring after this Sunday. Um, seventh most games played for one club in MLS history. Wow. Um, so in his final home game, they have a set piece, and Jeremy Obobese comes over. He fakes it. Selena steps up for, like, the fake out on the second one. He lets one fire, and it was going to go bottom right corner. Dane St. Clair lunges to make the stop. He probably would have saved it. If it wasn't for the ricochet off Emmanuel Reynoso mm. um, on the wall, it cuts back the other way. First goal, and then uh, Benji Kankanovich comes in for Salinas. He bags the second one later, and if the first one wasn't a dagger, that one certainly was. Um, it just it, it it looks like a team that doesn't want a a home playoff spot. And, <laughs> Much less a playoff spot, AJ. It, it's, it's it's tough. Um, when the game wrapped up, they were officially out of the playoffs oh. in terms of standings. But then right before signing off, LA Galaxy got one back against Real Salt Lake. Uh, that one held score at uh, 1-1. So that draw only gets Real Salt Lake one point. So as things stand, they sit in the final playoff spot, that seventh seed. Uh, the one seed in MLS gets a bye in the first round. So it's only seven instead of like eight, um, which... A lot of people always get confused. But um, as of right now, if they win on Sunday, they're in. Mm-hmm. If they draw, Real Salt Lake has to drop points. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so win, win the game. Yeah. Is, is what it is. Win, win, the game. win the game. But yeah. it's just, I mean, guys, we weren't talking too many weeks ago, and this team was like third. In the conference, it was and like it's a, just been—it's been a snowball. Let's not let's not sugarcoat it here. Like, what has been the real reason of why it spiraled this way for the, that we're even in this position? It's tough to pinpoint sure. one thing. Um, you could say injuries because they—you know—you lose a guy like Bakai Debasi, who is so crucial on the mm-hmm. backside of things defensively, but he's not like that crucial mm. to where it should be this big of a problem. Um, you know, Robin Lud was out uh, the the other night. He was questionable with a knee injury. I would imagine, for the sake of wanting some stability, especially Kervin Ariaga gets yellow card accumulation, so he's suspended for this Sunday against Vancouver. Um, you're going to want him back in, and then you also lose uh, Banhukle Longwane due to an injury to end the season. It, it's injuries are probably the biggest thing, but you don't want to just blame it on that because everybody else deals with that kind right. of stuff too. Um, it, it's a, it's a big combo of things, and maybe it's just the way they their game plan is. And it, this is something Dan and uh, Dan Terhar and I were talking about the other night, as well as on the Loon Talk podcast. It's a team that you go in and you're like, I'm not sure what their identity is. I'm not sure what their game plan is. When at the start of the season, it was a team that's we're gonna lock things down defensively. We're gonna try to get one. If we get two, that's close to a miracle because our defense is going to lock it up on the backside, and that's going to win us the game. 
and they were struggling mm. at that. And then there was a stretch of like July that they were putting up three, they were putting up yeah. four. They might let up one or two, mm. but they're still going to win the game because that offense was just clicking. Boom, mm-hmm. boom, boom. Yeah, it was. And then, and then it's just regressed. Yeah. It's just regressed to this. They they're on they they don't have a win, and I want to say at least the last six. Maybe, Sounds about maybe, right. maybe seven. Yeah. Um, it's been a very bad stretch here for like the past month or month or so. So um, that's all going to change. It comes down. If they didn't play at home for the final game of the season, I'm not sure I would be giving them a whole big chance of making the playoffs. Really? Um, but they are at home. And let me say out there, if you're not a huge soccer fan and you or you're maybe been you're like, ah, it's not my thing. It's not that interesting. But I, I want to get into Watch, pay attention this Sunday. They have it set up. It's amazing. Yeah. Mm. It's Decision the same, day is fun. The, the, it's the same thing a lot of, even I think the NFL should do this because I, I don't know if you remember last year, it was the, uh, everybody's rooting for a tie between the oh, Raiders and the Chargers, I believe. Yes. It was. Yes, it, yeah, was. I remember it was. that. Yeah. yeah. That situation was, everybody's like, oh, we can get a tie and everybody's rooting for it because that game happened on Sunday or a Monday night. Right. After all of the other results that were like impactful, they have every Eastern Conference game starts at 1.30. Every Western Conference game on the final day of the season starts at 4. So you have like the television or radio broadcast. They're going to have multiple like, oh, this 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 team just scored and this nice. is how this impacts the standings. Now, all of a sudden, this team that was in third, they're in six. But, cool. then, but then they just scored as well. So then now they're back up to fourth and blah, blah, blah. The, the 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 loons might be out of the playoffs and back into the playoffs seven times before their game actually ends. Wow! <laughs> like right it's it's pure adrenaline. It's a lot of fun. Um, if you imagine red red zone when they do the octo box, oh. imagine that on steroids. Oh boy! Oh, it's, that's it, special, yeah, baby. It, that's it's special. very entertaining. Ooh. It's a lot of adrenaline. Oh. Uh, so if you're gonna tune in, makes me for feel even good. Just one weekend. This is your last chance before the playoffs. Get uh, get on that this uh, this Sunday, and if you do want to catch the Minnesota uh, Minnesota United FC on the air, it'll be so on 1500 ESPN AM on the airwaves at 3:30 pregame, four o'clock kickoff. Well, Ooh. actually, it'll be technically 4:18 <laughs> with like how they the broadcast stuff because it's never like a seven o'clock start. It's right. a little bit later, um, but four four eighteen kickoff. Um, Jonathan Harrison, Dan Terhart will be on the call for that one. Okay, just win, right? Winning Just win. In. Just yeah. win. I Just would win. like to keep talking MNUFC on this podcast, and I'm sure you guys feel the exact same way. And again, you, you were up there in the standings. You owe it to the fans. You owe it to us. To, you you got to make it. You just got to make it because this this will be a pretty monumental collapse if they don't. Uh, anyway, so yeah, go get that W, boys. Go get that W. Make like Jameis Winston and eat it up. All right, guys, I think that'll do it for this week's episode of Taxi Squad. AJ's got to get going to Target before it closes so he can do a little grocery shopping. I don't blame him for that. And then Artis came in on his on his day off, which we always appreciate as of well. Of um, rooting for the Vikings. We all picked them, right? Yes. All of us picked the Vikings, I think, pretty handily, too. AJ, I know your score was a little bit close. For the yeah. most part, mm-hmm. uh, AJ, our, me and Artis had a little bit more blowouts. Uh, hopefully that will be the case again. Man, the, Bears, the Bears can be a little bit pesky, but 
I, I think, I don't know. Justin Fields might be dead. That just might be. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just don't have a lot of faith in him. But I'm speaking more because he was my starting quarterback in fantasy for these first couple weeks. Speaking of that, not to drag this on, what the heck were you thinking? 14-team league <laughs> auction, Gosh. and this is the same guy that <laughs> drafted Jonathan Taylor and Christian McCaffrey. Ooh. And so I didn't have a lot of money to work with at the end there. Got you. And I did start Marcus Mariota this past week and only got four points. So I am in, I'm, and I'm 0-4 in that league so uh, i don't want to talk about that anymore anyway thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of taxi squad everybody you can go on apple and give us a five-star review if you don't mind you can also find us on spotify but the absolute best way to support us and all of score north in general is to go to scorenorth.com or download the score north mobile app click on our podcast or any of your favorite score north podcasts give us a download we will absolutely appreciate that my name is jason stormer again thank you so much for joining us this week we got artist woods and aj frederickson behind the glass gentlemen we will see you next week thank you again for your contributions as always and again thank you so much for listening to the score north taxi squad we'll catch you on the next ride take care